This is the Today in the World podcast show for Monday the 30th of November 2020. I am your host Uncle K and here are your headlines. More than 150 arrested as lockdown protesters march in London. Bitcoin going back up to the 19k mark, stamp duty holiday being extended in the UK and more financial news coming today. Scientists develop an electronic skin that can mimic the natural functions of human skin. And new study says that 85% of pharmaceutical firms paid billions in penalties and engaged in illegal activities for four or more years. Here's what you missed today in the world. So we are all well aware of the circus elections. Oh, I mean, presidential elections that took place earlier this month. And while we are still set to formally appoint the new leader of the most powerful country in the world, We are getting very used to this social instability that we've all been seeing. People are just really unhappy with the way that the election went. On the one side, you have the Republicans. These guys have been vilified from every section of society. It's unreal. They're hated by the blacks, the Jews, the Muslims, the liberal, the left-wing media. Basically, everyone hates them. Then on the other side, you have the Democrats. And these are the liberal guys. This is the world that we're used to. Liberty, freedom, all that good stuff, you know, LGBTQ, BLM, you know, if you get all your knowledge from the world and the mainstream media, then to you, they are going to represent everything that is good in the world. Now, when Trump was initially elected as president, instantly, the Democrats started calling the election a fraud. They blamed Russia for interfering with the election and ultimately could not back it up with any real evidence. Now it's the Democrats being accused of fraud. And in one of the most amazing acts of hypocrisy I've ever seen by any institution, they are now criticizing Republicans for saying the election was fraudulent, something they just done a few years ago. Watching this take place is scary and hilarious both at the same time. But in a recent news survey I found published by Natural News um, and was in Politico also, it has been determined that 97, sorry, 79% of Republican voters do not believe in the legitimacy of the election. And I think we need to take a minute or two to just realize the ramifications of these kind of figures. If they are true, it means millions of Republican voters actually have no faith in the legal system, something which we haven't seen since the beginning of this system. See, the issue is, how are you going to get people to follow the law if they don't respect it? We obey laws because we all commonly agree on certain moral principles. It's not something forced on you, which we've kind of been warped to believe that the law is. No, it's something we all agree on because it's a morality issue, not a legal issue. And all of those moral issues are now being destroyed with the with the media and all these other entities and billion-dollar um, vaccine companies or, or, or um, charities that are making us just see a very different society than what, we, what we're used to. And to be honest, I think it's dangerous. Statistics from the survey show that at least 83% of Republican voters believe the president, they believe the president when he calls mainstream media outlets the enemy of the people, compared to 72% of Democratic voters who believe the, that large media conglomerates play an important role in preserving the country's democratic institution. So again, we are seeing the actual statistics behind the polarization we are we are in right now, you know, and this is getting stronger and stronger and is continuing to divide us. This is the ultimate weapon of control when you are ruling. It is called divide and conquer. And in times like this, I think it's very important to be aware of this aspect because hating your opposition or disagreeing with them vexatiously, angrily, you know, passionately does not equate to actual progress being made. And it is, in fact, the divide and the conflict that occurs as a result 
that, you know, it distracts us from what actually needs to be done. The article continues, among these partisan divides is what voters think of the Electoral College. So 61% of Republicans think the college should be kept compared to 41% of independent voters and 32% of Democrats. So 59% of Democratic voters want to disenfranchise rural voters by replacing the Electoral College with a popular vote system. Interestingly, 28% of Democrats think that Biden should only serve one term, after which he should step down. More than 150 arrested as anti-lockdown protesters march in London, defying police warning to obey COVID-19 restrictions. Headline from RT.com, massive crowds gathered in central London on Saturday to protest lockdown measures designed to combat the COVID-19 pandemic. And police followed through on their promise to arrest demonstrators, leading to multiple clashes. Ahead of this protest, the Metropolitan Police re released a statement warning anyone planning to travel to King's Cross that current lockdown measures do not permit massive crowds. Footage from the event shows officers clashing with and arresting protesters, many of whom were not wearing masks. Officers would at times create a wall as arrests were being made to prevent other protesters from getting closer. Crowds were chanting freedom as they marched through the streets, hurling profanities at officers. Some demonstrators carried guns with messages such as no more lockdowns and stop controlling us. Later in the day, police started attempting to disperse the protesters, arguing the demonstration is unlawful under bans on gathering due to coronavirus. Marchers at one point managed to break through a line of police officers in the street, attempting to prevent the crowd from moving forward and warning them to disperse. So those rules about protesting, I just find that it's funny how those rules were not in place when people were chanting for Black Lives Matter. But when you have a real grassroots organization or protest that, that isn't being funded by a billionaire investor, all of a sudden, protest rules completely change. Doesn't make sense. The blatant war tactics are very obvious to me and they are so in your face about what they are doing that it is a bit sad, you know, because they know they're lying. They know they're lying and they also know that we know they're lying and they aren't even trying to convince us otherwise. It's crazy. All the moves being displayed here are just outright fraudulent. They just don't care. And it's a big shame to see our beloved democracy get destroyed right in front of our eyes whilst, you know, a lot of people are still not aware to it. Scientists develop an electronic skin that can mimic the natural functions of human skin. Article from Science Mint, a material that mimics human skin, stretchability, strength, and sensitivity could be used to collect biological data in real time. Electronic skin or e-skin may play an important role in upcoming next generation personalized medicine, prosthetics, AI, and soft robotics. Kost postdoc Yaichen Kai, who is, I think that's a Japanese name, they said, the ideal electronic skin will mimic the many natural functions of human skin. For example, sensing temperature and touch accurately and in real time. A team led by Kai and colleague Jai Shen has now developed a durable e-skin using a hydrogel reinforced with silica nanoparticles as a strong and stretchy substrate and a 2D titanium carbide MXine as the sensing layer. 
bound together with highly conductive nanowires. Hydrogels are more than 70% water, making them very compatible with human skin tissues, explains Jai Shen. It is striking. It is a striking achievement for an e-skin to maintain toughness after repeated use, which mimics the elasticity and rapid recovery of human skin. Such e-skins could monitor a range of biological information, such as changes in blood pressure, which can be detected from vibrations in the arteries to movements of large limbs and joints. This data can then be shared and stored on the cloud as Wi-Fi. Okay, time for the financial news now. Bitcoin has bounced back from their previous mini crash, up by 7.4%, trading at $19,400 at the time of recording. And with that, we've got Ethereum up 10%, XRP is up 5.65%, Tether is trading at $1, Litecoin is up by 16.72%, a massive number there, trading at $88. Bitcoin Cash is up 12%, Chainlink up 9%, Cardano is up 4.28%, and is only 17 cents. 17 cents for one ADA coin. Crazy. What they're doing in the market right now and their value, I mean, they're, they're, they're not fully fledged with it yet. They're not out there with it yet. But if they are very, you know, aware and careful with what they do in the next year and they fulfill on the promises that they've given, a lot of people are going to get rich off of that coin right there. I'll tell you that right now. But I am not a financial advisor, but that is the way I'm looking at it because I've been learning about Cardano over the weekend. And boy, I'm excited for what they're they're planning to do. So all in all, crypto markets are making a nice comeback, though there are still some that are speculating that there could be another sell-off soon. So eyes open, keep sharp. Don't listen to me for financial advice. I'm not a financial advisor. I am just reporting the news. Article from RT says, during a government meeting on Thursday, Russian Prime Minister Mikhail Mesostin has outlined the government's plans to amend existing laws to recognize cryptocurrency as property. This means Bitcoin owners will have the legal rights to defend and recoup their cryptocurrencies in court. He added, this is a relatively new tool, interest in which is constantly growing. The government plans to direct the development of this market in a civilized direction so that the owners of such assets can protect their rights and interests, and the creation of shadow schemes would be difficult. In order to achieve this, he said, let's make a number of changes to the tax code. Russia will begin regulating cryptocurrency next year. President Vladimir Putin signed the crypto bill into law in August. However, Russian lawmakers are still trying to add to the bill. In November, the Ministry of Finance developed new amendments to the crypto regulation, introducing new rules and penalties for unreported and underreported cryptocurrencies. Meanwhile, the Bank of Russia is seeking public comments on the central bank digital currency, CBDC, the digital ruble. So you can look at this positively or negatively. It is, in my opinion, that by not regulating cryptocurrencies properly, properly, sorry, like we do here in the UK with, you know, the FCA coming in with terrible, terrible legislation, you are really just encouraging illegal activities to occur in these crypto assets. Because if the UK decided to regulate crypto to encourage investment rather than to deter investment, then crypto products would literally be near impossible to be used for illegal activities because they are being policed, they are being managed properly. But since all governments seem to want to do is to control things, then it seems the best thing for them to do is to just keep burying it in the sand and, you know, 
just hope that it doesn't amount to more trouble. But, you know, that's going to be our problem to deal with, not theirs. The Great Reset agenda is trending once again on social media. Numerous news outlets and a variety of online forums have been reporting on it. During the last few months, the Great Reset proposal has been pushed worldwide as it allegedly seeks to create a sustainable economy following the coronavirus pandemic. Meanwhile, a great number of people are skeptical of the reboot proposal as detractors believe the Great Reset is an assault against capitalism and basic financial liberties. First, this can be seen in the tweets following the protests over the weekend. One person actually tweeted, Folks are protesting against economic carnage, that is the Great Reset. Businesses who have, who have had to close since March, towns destroyed, livelihoods and jobs gone, but also against the lies, the media, vaccines, health passports. These are our freedom fighters. Hashtag London protest. Breitbart columnist James Dellingpole tweeted about the Great Reset after the former Prime Minister of the United Kingdom, Boris Johnson, talked about carbon emissions in Colombia. Dellingpole said, You absolutely disgusting imbecile. We want our jobs, our businesses, our economy back, not your Great Reset. Cindy Simpson from the Republican American Thinker has also been tweeting about the subject with a lot of skepticism. After New Mexico's government shut down grocery stores for two weeks, Simpson said, step by step, weeks to months, the lockdowns are teaching citizens that they're really just subjects, totally dependent on the state, the perfect, submissive new normal condition to enable the Great Reset. Slowly but surely, the world will eventually awaken to the truth that's out there. I just hope it's sooner rather than later so that we can actually do something about it. New 90% deal launched as Bank of England data shows approvals reached 13-year high. Article from The Express. Mortgage deals and availability have been drastically impacted by coronavirus. And as such, Rishi Sunak was forced to make changes to stamp duty rules to stimulate the property market. Today, the Bank of England has released new data which shows despite the dire economic outlook, mortgage approvals rose to 97,000. 500 in October, the highest it's been since 2007. Andrew Montslake, the managing director at the mortgage broker Corico or Coriso, commented on the surprising findings. Brokers have been busier than ever since the property market reopened in May of this year, and the number of approvals in October reflects the mad stampede to buy before the stamp duty holiday ends. The data is bittersweet, of course. As we all know, 2021 could see the real economic impact of the pandemic start to bite. It's hard to celebrate such robust mortgage approvals data when we all know what's around the corner. Unsurprisingly, lenders are circling the wagons due to concerns over rising unemployment levels and their impact on house price growth. Now, where do I start? Well, Andrew, Andrew Montlake, he is the managing director of this mortgage broker company. And to me, it really sounds like he's trying to say something without really saying it. He's dancing around a very obvious point to me here, which is that how the hell are banks pushing out more mortgages than we've seen this whole decade at a time when the country is in the biggest financial crisis it's ever seen? Those things don't really make sense to me. 
you know, at a time where people have lost everything they once had, now they have a higher chance of their mortgage being accepted. It just doesn't link, you know, regardless of the reasons why, it doesn't make sense. Surely the bank, see, like, is the bank encouraging us to just crash the market? Like, what is this? <laughs> you know, um, this is how economic bubbles are formed, right? Correct me if I'm wrong, but an economic bubble is when you keep pumping money into something that doesn't have any real production. Therefore, it does not produce the income that we expect it to produce. You know, we have already made these mistakes. And if it happens again, that would be the biggest middle finger to the people that we have actually seen thus far from this system. I'm wondering how the rental market is going to cope over the next year or two because people don't have money for it. They just don't. So what that means are landlords are going to be taking losses. And the, the more mortgages that are being approved right now really does increase that risk. And bear in mind, just recently, another, another article was actually published from thisismoney.co.uk, where they say that um, Treasury officials poised to advise Chancellor to extend stamp duty holiday. Experts warns thousands of transactions will collapse without it. And without going through the whole article, this is the whining and complaining arguments that will be made to pull on our heartstrings and justify why stamp duty should be extended, why we should keep, you know, stimulating every single economy that we have with fake money, even though all these indications are pointing to a dangerous bubble in the housing market. You know, it's, it's pointing, it, it shows, you know, there's, there's a problem happening here. And I think People are aware of that, but, you know, maybe they don't want to cause panic, but it's like we should be learning from the lessons that we've already gone through. It just doesn't, yeah, nothing makes sense anymore. Maybe people shouldn't really just be buying property right now, especially if they're looking to rent them out. You've got to be careful. Eighty-five percent of pharmaceutical firms paid penalties in the billions and engaged in illegal activities for four or more years. Article from childrenshealthdefense.org, published Tuesday, November 17th, in the Journal of the American Medical Association, the peer-reviewed study found that 85% of the firms surveyed had paid penalties, and most engaged in illegal activities for four or more years. The most common penalties were pricing violations, off-label marketing, and kickbacks, in other words, bribes. Four firms had no penalties assessed during the period. Only four firms. That's quite bad. Author of the study, Dennis Arnold, professor of management and jewel, and Marguerite Stortman, and distinguished professor of business ethics in the Belk College, said, the fact that four firms in the study had no incidences of misconduct is an indication that it is possible to govern and lead large pharmaceutical firms without engaging in illegal activity. Also, the fact that when misconduct takes place, it does so over a period of many years indicates that it is intentional and not accidental, again, indicating poor governance and poor leadership. He asked the all-important question. As pharmaceutical firms gear up for mass vaccinations and treatments for COVID-19, based on this research, is there anything we should be looking out for? He says, absolutely. Firms with high historical incidences of illegal activity are more likely to engage in the fraudulent representation of research data, the suppression of negative side effects, and the false marketing of their products. It is very much related to COVID-19 research in that a firm with a history of misconduct would have a higher probability of lying about the efficacy of their vaccines or therapeutic treatments. 
What can government regulators learn from this research? They can learn that aggressive oversight and enforcement are vital to ensure that pharmaceuticals are safely utilized and that pricing is consistent with federal regulations. In particular, to deter such behavior, it will be important to act on 2015 guidance from the DOJ, which requires that, ex that executives and not just shareholders be held liable for corporate misconduct something that we in the UK already know we fail to do because no pharmaceutical company can be held liable for any damages they incur on the people that take their drugs. He adds, providing consistent and strong incentives for whistleblowers is, is essential. Sorry. Finally, there is ample room for additional regulation to better protect Americans from false or misleading information regarding drug efficacy and overpricing. So with that, let me leave you with this. Would you be keen to vaccinate your child with drugs from criminal enterprises for a virus that affects the tiniest fraction of the population? I would really love to know your thoughts on that. And that is another episode of Today in the World. I hope you enjoyed it. going to be back here tomorrow in the evening. Um, I've got a case of Mondayitis. I'm tired. I'm going to sleep. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I'm going to be back here tomorrow. Have a good one. Bless.